God is what we're calling First Wednesday, where we just worship the Lord uh, for a little while and uh, declare things in the Spirit and just release whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say. I may bring a, forth a, a message of encouragement. But before we begin tonight, I want to look at Psalms 84. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place. I long and let's see. How, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 5, happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley, they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Verse 10, better a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord grants favor and honor, and he does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you. So, Father, tonight we thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence tonight. Father, we just ask you to come in this room today. We just ask you, God, to, to meet at every need here. Father, we ask you to touch hearts, change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stand with me if you'd like to. We're going to sing for a little bit and see what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. The lyrics will be on the screens here for you if you don't know the songs. Great is your faithfulness, O God. So with the sinner's heart You lead us by still waters and to mercy And nothing can keep us apart So remember your people Remember your children remember your promise oh god come on your grace is enough and your, your grace, grace is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me yeah great your love and justice God yeah you use the weak to lead the strong you lead us in the song of your salvation and all your people sing along Yes, so remember your people, remember your children, yeah, remember your promise, oh God, your grace, and your grace is enough, and your grace is enough. 
Your grace is enough for me. Yeah, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Oh, your grace is enough. Your grace, Lord, your grace is enough for me. children remember your promise oh god your grace and your grace is enough your grace is enough and your grace is enough for me yeah your grace your grace is enough your grace is enough for me you glad his grace is enough hallelujah we bless your name jesus we honor you lord we worship you jesus wonderful so wonderful is your unfailing love your cross has spoken mercy over me no eye has seen no ear has heard that a heart could fully know how glorious how beautiful you are and beautiful one Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must see. And powerful, so powerful, your glory fills the skies. Your mighty works displayed for all to see. Yeah, the beauty of your majesty awakes my heart to see how marvelous, how wonderful you are. Oh, beautiful one, I love. Beautiful, beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must see. So much 
opened my eyes to your wonders anew. You captured my heart with this love. Cause nothing on earth as beautiful as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You opened my eyes to your wonders anew. You captured my heart with your love. Cause nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. Beautiful one, I love. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul loves. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful one, I love. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul loves. you Jesus hallelujah Lord you're beautiful Jesus oh we worship you Jesus nothing else matters but you Lord come to the water all who are thirsty And oh, 
our God we lift up one song, to our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah. To our God we lift up one voice, to our God we lift up one song, to our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah. We lift up our voice, Lord. Chains have been broken, eyes have been opened, an army of dry bones is starting to rise. Death is defeated, we are victorious, for you are We lift up one voice to our God. We lift up one song to our God. We lift up one voice, singing hallelujah to our God. We lift up one voice to our God. We lift up one song to our God. We lift up one voice, singing hallelujah, hallelujah.
lost home Things that we thought were dead Are breathing in life again You cause your sun to shine on darkest that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you oh how we love you you are the one our hearts adore we love you, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. The hopeless have found Orphans have had a home. All that was lost has found its place in you. You lift up our weary hands. You make us strong instead. Took these rags and made us beautiful. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we love you. Come on, tell them tonight. Oh, how we love you. We love you, Jesus. You are the one our adore. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. across from if you're comfortable with doing that just tell how much you love him tonight we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we love you Jesus bless your name oh, oh we love you Lord 
devotion, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. We love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Come on, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we
courage to vanish every hopeless situation ceases to exist and when you walk into the room yeah the dead begins to rise because there is resurrection life in all you do
You never stop working. You 
never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Wanna give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on, hallelujah. He never stops working. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. We honor you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence. I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to do it. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. We can edit that out of the video. Okay. We're going to do a song, um, and uh, we've never done it before. None of us. And I don't even know if I know it. Uh, um, so we're going to do it because the Lord keeps putting it on my heart to do it. Hunger. And um, I just want you to sit, and I just want you to, it may be on the screen, it may not be on the screen. I just want you to receive this as a prophetic word. Amen? Amen. Here we go.
Father, we're hungry for you. And we need you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Bible says if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, he will fill you. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles, and we're going to go here real quick tonight. I, I just had a few things in my heart that I want to share with you. And while you're turning to First Chronicles chapter 13, I want to welcome you tonight. Um, and I believe the Lord, there's um, a building going on in the spirit. Amen. There's a momentum that God is building and um, happy that we're, we can be a part of it. But here's the deal. We got to stay flexible um, to the Holy Spirit and to what he is saying. Amen. And we got to be what we got to be uh, watching uh, what he's got to be looking for the signs that he is. Uh, take that cap off. Me. Thank you. And sir. Oh, what did I say? Thirteen. Amen. It's a little warm up in here. Or is that just me? Ah, la, la, la. Amen. I'm dressed for a blizzard, Jeff said. Well, I left here today for the church, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's cold outside. And I guess I was the only one that thought it was cold. Hallelujah. Is it cold? Anybody else outside? Oh, yes. Amen. It's like summer up in here, though. Woo! Thank you. Uh, while you're getting your Bibles and stuff, um, a few announcements. This Sunday, we will have special guest, Vicki Yohi. If you don't know who Vicki Yohi is, she is a, an amazing um, worship leader, a pastor, well, a minister of the gospel who travels been 30 years and traveling uh, all my life, hallelujah, and singing and preaching. And just, she's one, she's, she wrote uh, Mercy Seat, and I believe she did. And she wrote, Because of who you are, I give you glory. She wrote that one. She has written tons of songs, and she will be here Sunday morning to worship and minister to us. And it's going to be a good time in the Lord. And so, don't and also don't forget Saturday. You need to set your clocks up an hour before you go to bed, or you're going to be late for church. We don't want you to be late for church. There'll be no donuts left. Hallelujah. And uh, the men's breakfast is uh, the 14th at the Elegante in Beaumont. The following Sunday, I will preach, and then the 15th. We'll have Daniel Pringle here, and the next Sunday will be Family Sunday, and so uh, we'd like to unite you all your family, and excuse me, and all your friends to come and be with us for that Family Sunday. Amen. If you want to give tonight, there's a receptacle in the back. You can put your offering in there, and uh, thank you so much for giving to the kingdom. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 13. I'm developing a message, and this message is going to be called The Powerful Moment Called Worship. The Powerful Moment called worship and we're going to be in first chronicles 13 if you're watching online i'm going to be moving around a lot so you may not see me in the screen or the, or the thing there so but you can hear me hallelujah first chronicles 13 verse 1 it says and then david consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and my bible says and with every leader he consulted with everybody all the, the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader and david said to all the assembly of israel if it seems good to you 
And if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in the land of Southeast Texas and with them to the priests and Levites who are in their cities and their lands that they may gather together to us. And let us bring the ark of our God back to us, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. And then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of the people. Verse 7. So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab and Uzzah and Ohio and drove the cart. And then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. Verse 9. And when they came to the threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark and he died before God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And therefore, that place is now called Perez Uzzah to this day. Verse 12, and David was afraid of God that day, saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? How can I bring the ark of God to me? Verse 13, so David would not move the ark with him, into the city of David, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Hallelujah. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. Hallelujah. And the Lord blessed the house and all that Obed-Edom had. Now, I want to look at First uh, Chronicles 13, 12 in the King James Version. And it says that this way, and David was afraid of God that day. And he said this, here's a question. How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? When I saw that this afternoon, I asked myself, how shall I bring the glory back to Southeast Texas? How can I bring the overwhelming, passion, fiery love of God back to Southeast Texas? Now, Dave, it's going to take a David. It's going to take a David, a worshiper. It's going to take someone full of passion and joy and love. And let me get back to my notes. It's going to take a David. Now, David was the most loved king Israel ever had. David is loved in part because he's that rags to riches story. He's the shepherd boy who became king. He was the one that everybody um, said, not him. He, not, not that, he smells. He's been hanging around sheep. He's, he's the shepherd. He's the one that, that, we just threw out there because we knew nobody would like. No, he's, he's just that one. He's the oddball of the bunch. 
And David, of course, is loved because uh, everyone knows of the story of him defeating the giant Goliath. You can ask an unsaved person about that, and they'll know that story. So David, David is loved. David, David is loved. And when David becomes king, his focus is to establish um, a kingdom order that uh, wants people to understand um, the the power of worship, the power of worship. And so, and so he he he, he puts um, uh, he makes the issue about worship. And so, I I was praying, and I was. The question was, how are we to bring back the glory of God into Southeast Texas? Well, Pastor, where's it gone? Well, how many of you know there's a greater level of glory that's available to us? So how can we bring back more glory? And I begin to want and I begin to I begin to get upset and crazy in my office today. And I begin to think about how structured and how rigid our services are. Not just ours, but just and generally in the body of Christ and how we got to make sure this is this happens at this point. We got to do this, we got to do that. And, and I begin to think it was never God's heart and his intention for the church to be where it is today. It was never his heart and God's intention for church to become a business to become ran like a business. It was always his heart and his intention for church to be family, a family of worshipers coming together on whatever day they decide to worship and making worship the center of everything that they do. So how shall we bring the ark of God back or home to us? By making worship the center of everything that we do. But in today's society, we have regulated worship to something we do just on Sunday and on Wednesday, but the issue that God is trying to to to, to uh, uh, make uh, prevalent in our lives is worship is a lifestyle. It's a thing you do every day. God God created us as worship beings, as people who uh, uh, want to bring Him. Um. His worship. He doesn't, does he have to be worshiped? No, because he's God. Worship is, he, he, we, we come together to worship, to just love him and, and, and exalt him because that helps us. It doesn't help him. It doesn't help him. It helps us because when I come here on a Sunday morning and I feel depressed and unloved and unreached and not, why is everybody always picking on me? I can make a joyful noise to the Lord. And the Bible says that when we praise him, he inhabits our praises. And so I already know that if I can just get into his presence, everything in my life changes. One encounter with God, everything changes. All I need to do is get with a bunch of loving people and things begin to change. But my question is, why can't we take that same moment and do it when the enemy starts fighting us? in our car on the way to work? Why can't we slow down a long enough time and begin to say, you know what? I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to focus on him and worship him while he fights my battles. And so that's why we were, we were, if we make worship the central point of everything that we do, 
God, like we just sang, God will work it out. Even when we don't see it or feel it, God will be working it out for us. We understand that worship is going on in heaven right now. And so if it's going, if we want to, if we truly want, if we truly want heaven on earth, then heaven on earth, the earth would reflect heaven and we would be worshiping. We are called to be the carriers of the presence of God. We, but we live in, a, in this church time where, where everyone is concerned about entertaining those who come to church. Everyone is, is, is busy trying to get more people to come to church. When God's, the word says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And so if we, and I truly believe if the, if the pres if the ark, the presence, the ark is the presence of God. If the ark of God, the presence of God comes home here on another level that we've never experienced before, then we don't have to uh, 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 advertise anything, but we can just say, hey, the, the world will begin to feel the presence of God permeating from this, from this point here. But we're in, a, we're in a church time where we have to market. We're in a church time where we have to advertise, and we honor and we respect that, and we do it. Hallelujah. But we're coming into a time, says the Lord, that his glory will fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. And God's glory is going to begin drawing those that are far from him. And they're going to experience the power and the glory of God. But he's looking for worshipers. He's looking for worshipers that will, that will worship in spirit and in truth and forget about everything around them and say, you know what? It's just me and you. He's looking for people who come up on a Sunday, especially a Sunday, because, you know, Sunday is the most religious day of the week, and come up on a Sunday and say, you know what, Father, I am not going to leave here till you bless me. I'm not going to leave this place until you shake loose whatever needs to be shaken loose, and you cut off whatever needs to be cut off. Father, whatever addiction, whatever uh, 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 disease, whatever it is, God, I ain't going to leave here until you bless me. Just looking, and, and, in the, in the, and in the environment of a church that knows how to worship, anything can happen. Matthew 18 and 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, I'm right there with them. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got more than three here. So he's here with us. I said, so why don't we just worship him? Why don't we just lift our hands and just begin to worship him? Why don't we begin to say, Father, you're worthy of it all. Father, we love you. We adore you. You're the most magnificent thing that's ever happened in my life. You're my obsession. You are the love of my life. You are the, the thing that I want more than breath, more than food, more than any money. Lord, I just want you i just want you nothing else will do you you are you've given me life and it's the it's pure worship that attracts the father it's pure pure uh uh, uh worship that will cause uh uh 
things in your life to begin to uh, not have the pressure that it has on you right now. Things, when you begin to just worship, your problems are become smaller as your God grows bigger. And so God is, is, is saying, I just want you to worship. I just want you to pour your love on me. The woman with the alabaster jar came into this religious setting, this, 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 this house full of people, and she, and she has this expensive vial of oil, and, and, and she goes, and she goes to wash Jesus' feet, and the, the crazies around Jesus, the religious ones say, what they say, they say, I cannot believe she is wasting that oil. And Jesus says, she ain't wasting that oil. She's preparing my body for death. And what she did will be known to all of the whole world. What she's done will be known in the world. She brought forth worship. She brought forth and the chain that the, the, the aroma filled the room and everything around Jesus was touched by this woman's worship. Because guess what? They, she got the attention of everybody in that room. Pure worship will get people's attention. Pure worship will get people's attention. Pure worship. Well, what do you mean pure worship? You, you, do you mean we're not being pure when we worship now? Don't let the devil talk to you. Don't get to let the devil twist at my words tonight. What I'm saying is, is that God is, is, there's a shift taking place in worship. There's a, a few, about a year ago, I went up to a, a well-known worship leader and I said, the Lord is shifting you and he's changing the way you lead worship and he's going to be giving you new rhythms and new uh, sounds. And there's a sound from a new sound that heaven is going to release upon your ministry. And you're going to leave this, the largest worship movement you've ever been a part of. The Lord's going to remove you from it because the Lord says he wants you to himself. A few weeks later, the Lord did just that. Removed him from the very large label, this large worship movement. And he's doing his own thing now and just as successful as he's ever been. And he's releasing new sounds and new rhythms and new songs of the Spirit. Because what happens is this, is, is that you begin, when, you, when you begin to, to uh, work for man, man begins to put restrictions on you. And man begins to limit you and put a thumb on you. And when God, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if you ever feel limited, then you know you've come under a, 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 a uh, resistance, a cloud. Uh, uh, you've, come in, you've come into an environment where there is no freedom. The spirit of the Lord is not there. Because where the spirit is, there is freedom. And so if you're ever in a, in a, in a situation where you don't sense freedom, then you can shift the atmosphere with your worship. Amen. So God is saying, I want you to entertain me. I want you to host my presence. I, 
TGP, I want you to get rid of your agendas, get rid of your idols, get rid of everything you thought church should be, and I want you to learn how to worship me in spirit and in truth and forget about who's leading and forget about who's up here and forget about who's singing. The Lord's saying, I want you to lead the worship. I want you to lead the songs. I want you to uh, come to the altar. I want you to release your sound. Remember back uh, uh, in the 90s, we, would, we went to Brownsville, and, and there's my, I've shared it before, and, and I was in this worship setting, and this sound uh, came out of these worshipers, and it was a sound I've never heard before. And I remember looking back, in the back of the sanctuary, and I, and, and, and I, I just knew that there were angels up in there. I just knew it. I didn't see it, but I knew there was something going on. It was the sound of pure worship. It was the sound of no one having an agenda, no one, no one wanting to leave. Everyone was glued in the presence of the Lord. See, we're coming back into a, t- a day. We're, we're, we're not going to be able just to, to hop around the presence. We're coming into a day where the presence of the Lord is going to be so strong and so mighty that it's going to glue you to the floor where God, while God does work on you, while God begins to do surgery on, on you. Why? Because God says, I'm bringing my presence back to Southeast Texas. I'm bringing my revival, my wave of glory is coming back to this nation. The Lord says, for there's been a season of death upon this uh, this whole entire world, uh, uh, the nation, says the Spirit of the Lord's word. There's been a spirit of death released. But the Lord says, I'm resurrecting, I'm breathing fresh life into America. And those that would try to come to restrict my flow and restrict my moving, the Lord says, I will expose, I will expose the plans of the enemy, says the Lord. And those that would try to, to, to disrupt what I want to do, I will also expose. I will, I will, I will, I will bring a new sound. I will release a new sound. And I'm looking for hungry hearts, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'm looking for hungry hearts who will allow me to till their heart, who will allow me to prick their heart, who will allow me to do something new through them in the area of worship. I'm looking for worshipers. I'm looking for praisers. I'm looking for musicians who will lay the, 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 the instruments down and learn to worship me. I'm looking for praise and worship leaders who will lay the microphone down and just worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm looking for those who will say, Pastor, those who will say, God, I am ready for something new. You can't want something new and try to operate in the old. The Lord says old systems are dead. Quit using old systems, says the Lord, for I have resurrected. I am resurrecting new life says the Lord, I am bringing new life, says I'm breathing new life in this hour. And so worship is important in this season, in this new era. We cannot worship like we used to worship. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was good for a season, says the Lord. But I have new melodies that I want to release. And I've got new songs that I want to release. And I've got new, new things that I need to release. 
but we can't continue doing the old. My Jesus, my Jesus, I hear you. And so we, we're t- we can't be tied, tied up to a Saul system. When David is over here, the Bible says that David danced with all of his might, and he danced out of his clothes. Now, don't do that. But there was, what's her name, uh, Mikhail, up in the window. And that said, what the heck are you doing, David? What the heck are you doing? And he, what, his response was, you think this is crazy? I'll become even more undignified than this. And so the Lord is t- saying to his body, you need to shake, shake it loose a little bit. Quit being so rigid. Quit being so uh, um, uh, uh, predictable. Uh, that's the word, predictable. Quit being predictable. And allow me, allow me to move you. Allow me to shake you. Allow me to, 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 to um, make you worship in different ways you've never worshiped before. Man, oh man. So, Father, wow. Three things that, three questions someone gave me recently. I don't think I've given this out yet, so I'm going to give it to you. You may want to write these three things down. Three questions. What's Jesus up to? Where is Jesus going? And am I going with him? What's Jesus up to? Where is he going? And am I going with him? And just like the Lord is transforming the area of worship, praise and worship, he's also reforming and transforming the area of the prophetic movement. And where there's been flakiness and where there's been um, manipulation and witchcraft, the Lord is going to begin to remove those voices. Yes, deception, thank you. He is going to begin to remove those voices out of the body. Unless they repent, of course, but but because see here's the problem is is in oh Jesus. The number one thing that has killed this new move that God is really trying to release in the earth has been pride. Because it's, but God, I've, I've practiced, I've planned, I've prepared, I've done this, I've done that. And pride gets in the way of what God really wants to perform on the, in the meeting. Are you with me? I have to repent myself on, on days because we get so entrenched in this. And I've got more things to say, but we're not going to say it. We'll say it for another, another day. We get so entrenched on our notes and we get so entrenched with the words on the screens and we get so wrapped up in the moment that we forget that our worship is to him anyway. So really, we don't need these. We don't need any of this 
But it's instruments to get us, thank you, motivated into what God is doing. It's just, it's a, it's a helper. It's a resource. But really, when we come to church, our focus is to get around the fire of God. It's the central point of what we're doing. It's the central point of oh, God wants us just to worship. And if somebody preaches or if somebody doesn't preach, it doesn't matter. What matters is did the presence of God show up on Sunday? That's all that matters. That's it. That's all that matters. Did God show up? Or if, if he didn't show up, then we have a problem. And there's been many days when I've done church that I can honestly say God wasn't in that house. Because you know when the Spirit of God is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two or three gathered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is there a tangible manifestation of God's glory? See, anytime we get together, there's got to be something released from the heavens. We can't just sit around and kumbaya all day long. There's got to be something released in the glory. It's the moment called worship. That's why we were created. We were created to worship. Well, pastor, you can worship through your message. and Yeah, but, you know, there's something greater that God is doing. There's something more grand. There's something, there, there, I can't even describe what I'm trying to tell you tonight, but there's something that's more that God is trying to get our attention and say, you know what? It's truly not about you. It's, it's not about your plans. It's not about your conferences and they're great and they're lovely and he blesses them. And are you operating in my presence? Are you, when you say, come Holy Spirit, do you mean that or is it just a figure of speech? We don't want it to be just a figure of speech. We don't want to just say, come Holy Spirit, because that's the thing to say, or let heaven come to earth. You know, that's been a, 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 a word lately. It's been a fad in the church. It's been on people's business cards. Do we mean what we say? That's what the Lord has been really. Do you, John, do you really mean what you say? When you say, I want revival here, do you really mean you reach you? Do you truly want to pay the price? When you say you want more glory, do you really want to pay the price? Because you know what? It's going to cost you everything. It'll cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you your job. It's going to cost you your ministry. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's not supposed to go this direction, but it's all good. And so I'm, I'm just wondering. We sang it a few weeks ago. I was born to be a worshiper. Well, we're... Born to be a worshiper on Sunday and Wednesday or every day? Well, every day. Every day. I've been, the last few days, I've been getting these prophetic words from people about 
you need to rest, you need to rest, you need to rest. And to be quite honest with you, I'm so sick of hearing you need to rest. And, um, but you know what's happening? And I feel so bad that this keeps happening to me. My alarm goes, starts going off at 5 o'clock. And I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it go off. And by the time I roll over, it's like 8 o'clock, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So I start, okay, I'm, you know, respond to text messages that people texted me by then and called me. And this morning I had six missed calls by 8.30. And I said, Lord Jesus, I got I to gotta get up. And as soon as I said, Lord Jesus, I got to get up, I was out again. Like, Dad, it. I don't mean to do that. But God keeps, I mean, unusually. You can ask Jeff the other night. I was in mid-conversation with him. And out. I was like, no, I didn't do that, Jeff. Dude, you did. You fell asleep. We were talking. And so all these crazy words that I'm receiving about resting, I've rejected them. But God does whatever he wants to do because he's sovereign that way. And the prophetic word is, is right. I need rest. Apparently I need it. I thought it was good. But what I'm trying to say is this. We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we've got to stay yielded. And we've got to stay alert so that when he begins to move, we can move with him. Remember when I was younger, um, I'm gonna wrap up. I think it's. Can, can you move over a little bit? Thank you, thank you. I don't know who that was, but thank you. Um, I remember when I was 18, after my encounter with the Lord, I remember I would walk through places and and somebody would pass me. And I remember I could feel their heart, and I remember one one. Um, I remember. It's like it was yesterday. It was at Central Mall, and this person passed me. And I just felt for them. I could feel the, the anguish and the hurt and the, the fear of tomorrow. I could feel it. And so after I encouraged myself to approach them, you know, that's hard <laughs> to do. And after I encouraged myself and got, got brave, I went up to them and I said, hey, I said, you're not going to understand this, and that's fine, but I really feel like the Lord, you know, you know Jesus, you know the Lord, um, uh, would like me to tell you that um, he, he gave me the, the, an impression of your heart, and this is what I felt. And that person began to cry right there in Central Mall. And they said, I've never experienced this before in all my life. And they accepted Jesus into their heart and you know, all that kind of good stuff. I remember I was a lot more sensitive to the spirit after the encounter. And as we grow and as we move into it, as we begin to do ministry and life happens and things happen, church happens, we get so desensitized to the spirit. And will you say, well, if you really look at your life and you first got saved, you know, you were more on fire then than you are now. You know that. You know that to be true. And the Lord is saying, I want you to go back to your first love. 
I want you, I want you to go back. I want you to quit tolerating things. I want you to, to really get on fire again. And I believe the Lord has sent it to our church. I want you to really get on fire. Not Don't just show up to church because you have to. Show up because you are expecting that I am going to show up and I am going to do something fresh and new. Expect me to do something. Get your expectation up. Don't, don't, don't quit operating out of fear and discouragement. That's a word for somebody in here or someone watching. Quit operating out of fear and, well, what if it doesn't happen? And I've heard that before. Quit operating on that level and come up higher. Amen. And so I believe the Lord is saying, you know what? As a church, we need to check ourselves. We need to check our heart. And we need to make sure that what we're saying and what we're communicating is truly our heart. I've gone through a couple days where I've had to look at my heart. And Father, what areas of my heart need to be healed? What areas of my heart? What is whatever I'm speaking, the language that I'm speaking, do I really want it? You know, I left here one Sunday, and I'll say this because I've told a few of our leaders. I left here one Sunday, and I told, I was with Jeff, and I think it was in his truck or something, doesn't matter. I said, Jeff, the price that we pay to do ministry, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? Is it even worth it to be up all hours of the night waiting on the Lord for a word to bring on Sunday? The price that we pay, is it even worth it? Is, and, and then the other thing that I, that I said was, are people even buying it? And that's a weird thing to say. Because I know you're not, you're no, you don't have to buy it. We don't have to buy anything from the Lord. Nothing's for sale. But the price, if we're talking about price, is the price worth it? And are people even receiving from it, buying it? Are people, then the Lord said, it's not for them to buy. I said, well, then what's it? They're supposed to pay the price with you. Oh. So, Father, you mean that what I've been paying the price for, you really want TGP to pay the price with me? He said, well, doesn't that, isn't that what family does? Isn't that, doesn't my word say, if one cries, we all cry? If one's rejoicing, we all rejoice? Does it say that? Yes, it does. And so I want to, I want to, I don't know this is different, but, you know, I want to, I want to say that, I want to, do we really want to pay the price for a move of God? I do with all of my heart and all of my soul. I want, I have, I have given everything up. And I said, God, whatever you want to do, 
is what I want to do. Wherever you go is where I want to go. Whatever you're saying, I want to say. Whatever you're releasing, I want to release. I, you know, I've, I've, I did that. And so I just want to take a moment and I hope this is kind of encouraging. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. I'm not trying to smack y'all around at all. I'm really not. It wasn't supposed to come out this strong. There's a song that I've been listening to called Nothing Else. And it's by... Who? Who? That's him, Cody Carnes. And if you haven't heard it, I want you to go home and listen to it. Every time I hear it, it brings me back to that spot in my life where there was nothing else but him and me. <laughs> and I know, you know, we have busy schedules and we have a whole lot of life. Man, life is busy. But let's, we need to slow down a little bit. And we need to say, you know what? Nothing else matters but you. Yes, I got to cook dinner for my wife or my husband. But Father, let me, I want to, I just need to give you 15, 20 minutes of my time real quick. And you know, and we, it's throughout your day, the Lord will open up heaven over you and he'll give you an opening. And it's in that opening where he says, I just want to spend time with you. Just want to spend a little time with you. Can we commit to opening our hearts and minds and our spirit to his moving outside of the walls of this church? Can we just slow down enough and say, you know what? Father, on my lunch break at 12 o'clock today, I'm going to give you the first 15 minutes. Whatever he tells you to do. I think the Lord is really calling us to a time of renewal. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for that. You spoke. It wasn't me speaking. It was you. And I thank you, Lord, that you're breathing upon us. And you're releasing a fresh wind. And you're causing us to get hungry again and thirsting for your presence. God. We just want you and nothing else but you. Father, I just pray for everybody here tonight and those that are watching. Thank you, Lord, for their commitment. And I thank you, Lord, that you see them. You see them. You see their heart. You see, you see them. You know them. Someone just needs to know that the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. You're noticed. You're valuable. You're, you're, you belong. You, he, he sees you. He loves you. He, and so, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this church and those that are here, everyone connected to our fellowship, connected to this family. Father, those that are sick in our in our, in our congregation, Lord, we just we just release the angels of healing to to go to them right where they are. Those that feel depressed or down or discouraged. or Father, we just release those angels of joy just to go and encourage them. Father, to those who 
are unsure of their destiny and unsure what steps to take next. Father, just lead and guide them, Father. And those who are struggling financially, God, I just thank you, Lord, that you know what they need. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you'll meet every need, every need. We thank you for it tonight, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, amen. Anyone, th- anyone, anybody have anything you want to share? While she's coming, I, I promise you that was not me talking most of the, most of the time up here, FYI. Well, I just want to follow up with what he said to kind of put the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae here. And that passage that he had us read at the end, it says, The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in the house three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. So the thing is, the ark had the presence. And so, because of the presence of God was in the house of Obed-Edom, it says that God blessed him and all that he had. So, making this, what he's saying, the main thing in your life is going to cause everything else to be blessed. It's not like you're going to miss out on opportunities or relationships or something if you spend time and get focused and, you know, spend time worshiping the Lord and and praying and just giving Him your time, you're not going to miss out on anything. You're going to get blessed supernaturally because you put God first. His presence will bless everything you have. And if you become a worshiper, like Pastor was saying, and just give him that time. It's going to bless your life. Amen? Amen. Real quick, while she was speaking, I was supposed to do say that too, but thank you. Uh, um, it's in my notes. I just haven't. I didn't get there. Okay, I do want to just real quickly release this, because if I don't, it'll be on me until Sunday. I won't be able to do it Sunday. But there's a, there's a scripture that I want to read really fast. <clears throat> okay. Um, um, give me just a moment, okay? And I'll, and I'm, if you need to leave, I understand, but I've got to get this out real fast. Um, Second Chronicles. You know, we, the price, we're talking about a price. Talking about a price. And, um, A second, excuse me, a second Samuel um, 24, 18 through 25. And it says, And Gad came to David on that day and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to Hashem on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up, as Gad had said, and Aruna looked out and saw the king and his servants coming across to him. And Aruna went out and prostrated himself to the king with his face to the ground. And Aruna asked, Why has my lord the king come to his servant and David reply to buy threshing floor from you in order to build an altar everybody say altar so that the pestilence may cease from the people but Aruna said to David let my lord the king take it and offer 
whatever is proper in his eyes. See the cattle and um, see the cattle. Um, excuse me, hang on. See the cattle, uh, the threshing tools, the implements of the cattle are available for firewood. And Runa the king gave all of it to the king. And Runa said to the king, May your God accept uh, the, uh, your offerings. But the king told Aruna, No, I shall purchase it from you for a price. And I shall not offer up to my God free offerings. So David bought the threshing floor and cattle for 50 silver shekels. And David built an altar there. And the... Um, and the offering and then answered the prayers of the land and the pestilence ceased from Israel. I want to mention to you, um, I know there's a lot going on with the coronavirus and there's a lot of fear out there, but I really feel like the Lord is saying that if we, If we will offer up God a sacrifice of praise, if we will offer up a sacrifice of our time, if we'll offer up, if we'll just host his presence, no pestilence, no disease can come to our house. This, they, this is what it says. Um, Here it is, verse 24 out of 2 Samuel 24. And the king answered to Aruna, No, I, I insist on buying it from you for a price, for I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And so I said to Jeff, Is the price that we're paying worth it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because why? Because we have to die. We, that's that's the sacrifice. That's the, the cost to host his glory is dying to self. It's dying to our plan. It's dying to our will. It's dying to our agenda. And saying, Father, whatever it is that you want to do. And the presence of the Lord hung out for three months in Obed-Edom's house. And everything was blessed. Yeah, it's worth the price. Yeah, it's worth it because everything is blessed. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you give somebody some love? And uh, we'll, we'll, Jeff and I are going out of town Friday to do a wedding. We'll be back sometime on Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So pray for us. And we'll see you here Sunday morning, bright and early. We love you.